Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Janelle King. Janelle is actually a Slice of Healthcare contributor and future nurse practitioner. Uh, currently, she's a travel and immunization registered nurse, and she's the founder of The Nurse Note. She's an avid blogger and is very experienced in women's health, sexual health, and family planning. Without further ado, let's bring her on. Hi, Janelle. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm glad to finally make this happen. I know we've been going back and forth, and it's great to finally set aside the availability to uh, to have you on the podcast and uh, start this relationship. Of course. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I think it'd be best if you could start us off by telling a little bit about your background, kind of where you started, where you're at now, maybe where you see yourself moving forward. So I am a registered nurse. I have a master's in public health, but um, my, I didn't start out my career in nursing. I actually started out in public health. I worked for um, the state of Ohio for about eight years before making to nursing. I um, just got bored of doing policies. I had a good time and I learned a lot, but I got I got a little bored sitting around a desk all day and just miss interacting with people. So I decided to make the switch to nursing. And for me, that kind of meant going back to school, getting an associate's degree in nursing um, to become a registered nurse. So I have worked in a couple different areas in nursing. Um, my first job out of nursing school was in community health. I worked um, for a hospital and did a lot of outreach, sexual health, um, outreach teaching, HIV teaching, HIV testing, counseling, and from there kind of transitioned into teen and adolescent medicine where I worked with a lot of teens doing kind of a lot of the same similar stuff, HIV testing, STD testing, um, contraceptive counseling, that kind of stuff. Right now I work full-time is in college health. I work at one of the local colleges here in Atlanta, Georgia, and on the side I actually do a lot of blogging, so I'm a nurse blogger. Um, I um, write about sexual reproductive health issues for women. So in terms of where I see myself, I see myself doing more blogging, more education around sexual health and reproductive health, especially for women. Interesting. Um, what what <laughs> made you cho- uh, choose that focus within healthcare? So I think it's just my exposure to teens and teen health. A lot of the visits used to revolve around sexual and reproductive health. They would come in for STI screening, just basic contraceptive counseling, just demystifying some of the notions around sex and contraception. So I think that really um, brought my passion out. I loved educating this group about sexual and reproductive health. I love teaching them new stuff and just um, getting rid of some of the myths out there. So I found it really fascinating. And I I worked in inner city. So a lot of these, my patients were low income. So it really brought me joy to see that they were actually implementing some of the changes I suggested. So that's where that comes from. Interesting. Do you, do you have any, this, this is interesting to me. Do you have any unique statistics or facts about uh, reproductive health that you can share with the audience that they might be really interested in hearing that maybe they didn't know? 
about reproductive health. So a couple things come to mind just in general. Um, so the average age of menstruation onset for girls in the United States is that um, age has been decreasing over the last couple of decades. So it's around 12 right now, 12 and a half years old for African-American women, African-American girls, excuse me, that happens six months earlier than um, older, older, uh, six months earlier than white girls. Um, I live here in Atlanta, so the HIV rate is probably the fourth highest in the nation for um, Atlanta, but specifically downtown Atlanta, they have a really high HIV rate. So um, a lot of my work is focused in on that area. Interesting. Why? Now, that's, that is a very interesting stat. Why is it, when it comes to race, why is that different? Why, why would that have um why would there be yeah why would there be such a difference because that's that's pretty significant that time period in in terms of the menstruation or in terms of hiv Um, in terms of the menstruation so i think a lot of it has to do with so menstruation is usually the onset is related to weight so the more fat a, a girl has the earlier their onset is that's just one of the factors so african american girls are usually heavier have more fat um, at an earlier age, a younger age, that leads to onset. There's also things like environmental factors. They found like certain chemicals because like African-Americans, they live in urban centers and maybe exposed to more chemicals. And then like trauma, like major traumas throughout um, their early in their lives, that also plays a role. So I think those factors in combination is a couple of the reasons why they have earlier onset. Interesting. This is something I would have never one knew about or two discuss so it's it's very interesting for me to uh understand yeah that. and actually when you when you think about it too as far as for for many for many uh, males out there this isn't a topic that's readily discussed anyhow <laughs> um, it's, uh, you're it's, absolutely um, right i mean you don't hear about it much in school you don't hear about it much in college and it's almost avoided uh, from what i've seen among among uh, men. Um... <laughs> yes, among young people in general. I mean, I grew up in an era where, you know, they had comprehensive sex ed in schools. You know, that's not something that's not true for all schools these, these days. So some of the patients I have come with all these misconceptions that they read online or what they've heard from their friends. So that's where I kind of step in and kind of teach them about like what's what how to, to figure out what's fact from fiction and how to go about to make their sexual and reproductive health um, the best that it can possibly be. Well, I remember when you think back to sex ed in school, I mean, most schools drastically fail at how, at how they present, <laughs> um, you know, that type of education. And uh, it, it's, it's always just like what we're talking about now. It's, it seems like it's a, topic that they almost it's almost tried to be it's almost uh, avoided as much as humanly possible um which is interesting and that it's it's super interesting that you know that's your area of expertise that's the field that um that you're involved with on a day-to-day basis which i mean you you see a lot of this even more than than i would or people that aren't you know on top (laughs) of it on a day-to-day basis yeah it's 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 very interesting it's i mean no it's not like I grew up in a house where this was like readily discussed. It's something that kind of developed over time. And I, there's a, there's a really big need, not only for like young adults, some of 
the women and some of my friends, some of the girlfriends that I have, just like the ideas and the notions and some of the the myths that they grew up with are really actually believing. So I feel like it's my duty to kind of help them along the way, give them correct information so that they can, you know, have good health. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as innovation goes, what are some ways that we can improve the conversation, I guess, at an early age or just on a more consistent basis of reproductive health, sex education, you know, anything in that domain? Yeah. So I think just having the conversation and having it early and often. So I have a four-year-old daughter. Um, she asked me so many questions in this period of one day and they're like toddlers are just naturally curious individuals. So I think those are great opportunities to have conversations. Obviously you're going to have it at a level that they can understand and you can go into as much detail that a four-year-old will understand, but just having those conversations early and often that makes it's more comfortable for that child to ask those questions later on as they grow. And then for parent or guardian to actually have those conversations, I think is a, is a great thing as well. So four is a good age. I, yeah. Uh, you would be surprised at the questions that she, that are asked at, at a four-year-old level. So yeah, four is a great age. I think once they, I mean, once they become aware of like body parts and differences, I think that's a great in entry into having these conversations just about you know body parts and just naming them the correct name so they know what they're called and you know she'll ask me where babies come from and having that explain having you know that conversation explaining how that works so you yeah the stork <laughs> <laughs> oh no not at all i couldn't do that i mean i kind of explained it in the most general terms possible i don't think she really gets it at this age but I'm sure I am 100% sure that 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 question will come up again. So, and at that time, if she's older, you know, I'll kind of re-explain it in in the level that she'll be able to understand at that time. But yeah, we kind of told her what happened. Wow. I know a lot of parents are cringing at the thought that oh man, they have to go talk to their <laughs> their children right now about about this topic. Uh, and, and you know, many would be very well open to that conversation and many will do just that right be like oh no yes like, like i don't want to do this when they're 14 15 <laughs> this you know i thought i had another 10 right. years before i had to bring this conversation to the table um so that's that's very uh that's 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 cool that you were able to implement that conversation at such a young age but also tone it to a level that can be understood which i think is key and the good thing is that like in this age, there are so many resources, like parents don't feel like they have to do it alone. There's like so many books out there that can help guide and steer the conversation. So you kind of know what to say. So yeah, don't ever feel like you're alone. There are resources out there available for you. Wow. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, that's, that's very, very, very cool. Very good to hear that. That's a, that's good parenting too. <laughs> now, what, what do you like most about your job, would you say? I like the teaching aspect. I think the way that, you know, my day is set up, I get the opportunity to kind of sit with my patients for, because I work in a clinic setting, I guess I should, I should say that, which is different from, you know, bedside. So um, in my clinic setting, I can kind of set my schedule up how I feel how many, in terms of like the time I devote to my patients. So a 15 minute visit for certain things may give me the opportunity to teach about a couple different things. And um, with a 
the way that my schedule is set up, I can see these patients more than once. So we can make follow-up appointments where I can continue to teach and educate. And I have the opportunity in between visits to, you know, send them messages through their email, answer questions, get them the resources that they need. So I really enjoy, you know, this age group because it's young adults and then being able to teach them. Do you, uh, what, what do you like to do outside of work? What are some of your hobbies? I like to run. So I'm trying to get back in. So I just went to Georgia about a year ago. So when I was lived in Columbus, Ohio, I used to run like half marathons and 5K. So I'm trying to get back out there and do that a little bit more often. I signed up for my first race here in Georgia um, next month. Oh, Georgia is a lot hillier than um, Columbus, Ohio. So that makes it a little bit more challenging. But I enjoy running. I enjoy reading. Brunching is always a good thing. You know, sports events, when I get the opportunity, my husband and I will go catch a sports event here and there. So, Are you Falcon? Uh, Falcons fans? Oh, no. I have to be. A, my, my husband is from Cleveland, Ohio, so we have to be Browns fans no, in this not. house. <laughs> we support the Browns. Oh, yes. God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have, you, you had an out. You could have said yes to the Atlanta Falcon question and left it at that, but... <laughs> no, the good news is the Browns are on the upside right now. So that's, I, that's uh, correct. I'm actually very bullish on on the Browns. I think they could make the playoffs next year, which is amazing. So uh, <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day either. Yeah, but yes. we'll, we'll see. If anyone if anyone can mess <laughs> it up, that could be them, right? They're they're on the upward trajectory to make the playoffs, and <laughs> one bad move can get them off that. So. That is actually absolutely correct. You are absolutely we'll right. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm a Patriots fan. I know people hate, hate me right off the bat. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's not my fault. I grew up here. And uh, I'm lucky enough <laughs> to say I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> We're just talking about, I mean, to, to go to nine Super Bowls <laughs> oh in the gosh. last, what, like less than 20 years. Uh, it's just it's awesome. So it's, it's pretty cool. It, it's, it's, a, it's obnoxious at this point. I'm just like, I can't, I can't oh, do I understand. more Tom Brady. Yeah, we're, uh, I can't. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons, I mean, you'll, you hear stuff about them, but one of the reasons people hate them too, is people don't like when someone wins all the time. It's just like, even when, uh, and when Tiger Woods was winning all the time, right. People were angry about that. Yeah. When Roger Federer was winning in tennis and these were all people for the most part, obviously Tiger had his off the, off the, uh, golf course history but these are all people that were genuinely like in their sports nice people i mean tom brady's a nice guy yeah federer is a nice yeah. guy tiger woods you know obviously he had his issues right but he was a nice guy on mm-hmm. the court on the uh, course so it's just it's funny right um and same thing you're seeing with the golden state warriors right now people hate them and they're not being you know jerks or anything they're actually pretty nice from what it seems um but yes it's uh you know, everyone wants to be a winner. And then when someone is a winner, we hate them for it. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange society, um, but understandable. But um, very true. Now, what, what are some things? Obviously, you're entrepreneurial. You have the nursenote.com and you seem open to new entrepreneurial ventures as they present themselves. What is there? Has that always been the case? Have you always felt that you have a, you know, a part of you is entrepreneur focused? Uh, or is that something that you like had to create, self-create? I think 
that's a, a newer initiative for me. Although, like, I go back and I read some of my, like, journals that I had in the past, like, from college and stuff. And I knew I always wanted to do something kind of on my own, but I didn't know exactly what that was. So my parents are immigrants. They're from Jamaica. They, came, they immigrated to Canada. I grew up in Canada, Toronto, Canada. So, you know, their focus has always been, like, go to school, get a job, do it the traditional way. But, um, and I appreciate that, and they've done very well for themselves. But I don't think the way society's going, that's, like, realistic for younger individuals to just work for one job for the rest of their life, collect your pension and, you know, live in retirement in bliss. That's just not the way the world is set up anymore. So I, I found myself kind of desiring to do more something on my own somewhere, somewhere where I could kind of create my own path, have my own voice, do my own thing. So I think that's where the nurse note came, came to be. Um, it's my blog gives me a platform to kind of say what I want, how I want to say it and present it in a way that I want to say it. So, um, that's definitely something that's evolved over time. Interesting. Yeah. It's, um, entrepreneurship is a lot of fun. And I think once you get into it and it's not for everyone, it's, uh, it can be lonely in many instances, right? Because (sighs) yeah there's a lot of unknowns and I, one of the, my favorite parts about it though, is when you hit those unknowns, you see a lot of personal growth because you have to find a mentor to help you with it or find an answer online or just figure it out on your own. And there's not too many career paths that you can do that in. So that's, that's one of the most interesting and rewarding parts of it that I see. I would totally agree. Like, so just even in, because my blog is pretty new, it's only a year old, just in the past year, just some of the opportunities that I've forced myself to take and my husband, you know, encouraging me, like, you just got to jump and do it. So it's totally rewarding, even if, you know, um, what I'm doing is small in the grand scheme of entrepreneurship. I'm just so proud of when I actually step out and kind of do something that is unknown to me and that I'm afraid of doing. So I, I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. But what I would like to do before we wrap up is if you could share any of these social media links, which I will also put in the show notes for our audience. Uh, but I would love to, to have you share that where people can get in contact with you and follow you. And uh, we will wrap it up from there. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, The Nurse Note, all one word. Please check out my blog, thenursenote.com. I've got great information on there for you to share with you guys. So that's where you can find me. Great. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for coming on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I think you and I are going to work on some stuff moving forward, which our audience will see. Uh, We have a few things in the works. which should be coming out soon. And I look forward to this podcast. We're, we're probably looking at February, uh, somewhere, somewhere in February for this to be released, which I'll let you know as soon as that happens. And uh, can't wait for our audience to take a listen to it. Uh, we have a few in the queue so far that we have to release, okay. but I'm, uh, I'm very excited for this to be available to the public. Thank you so much for sharing your platform with me. I look forward to all the new ventures that we'll get into together. So that's great. I, I love collaborating and I love collaborating with entrepreneurs and great minds. So I'm looking forward yes, to that. Me as well. The only way to truly innovate within healthcare is a mixture of insiders, outsiders to make a difference. So I'm very excited to move forward. Thank you. Thank Jeremy. you. You have a great night. You as well. Bye.
Thank you to everyone that joined us on another episode of Slice of Healthcare. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Slice of Healthcare. On Twitter, we're at Slice of HC. We don't use that channel as much. We're going to start using it more moving forward. And be sure to subscribe to our blog, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. Looking forward to producing some more good content for you. Thanks again to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is making life easier for healthcare professionals. Be sure to check them out at www.blockhealth.com. you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.